This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast where we help you learn to invest in roughly 45 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. Uh, Good to be with you for another episode. Yes, yes. Exciting times, Ren, because this week is going to be... The first of our two live shows that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks and hopefully all of our listeners are aware that we are doing a show in Melbourne and a show in Sydney, but in case they're not, there is still time to get your tickets for both shows and I think it's going to be a great evening. Ren, do you want to give us a bit of a rundown on what to expect? Well, we released this on Monday, so in a couple of days on Wednesday the 23rd of October, we will be in Melbourne doing our live show uh, in partnership with Finimize, kicking off at 6pm. We've got a panel discussion with some of our expert equity mates, Ted Richards, the former Sydney Swans Premiership player and now robo-advisor at Six Park. He's not a robot, he uh, he just works for the (laughs) robo-advisor. And then a couple of other finance podcast hosts, Owen and Kate, and then someone from Vanguard, someone who we actually interviewed and released last week, a Balaji. So a pretty exciting panel, a mix of expertise, and we're going to talk to them about what's happening in markets and what we've learnt this year and might play a few games, and it should be a good night. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great opportunity for all of our listeners to come on down and actually get access to these experts. We're going to be facilitating a bit of a Q&A session with them. So we're going to be fielding some some questions from you guys. It is in conjunction with Finimize, uh, a London-based tech startup. So hopefully some of their audience are going to be there as well. And it'll be a great opportunity for us to mingle and, and chat to these experts. So tickets are free. There's also going to be some beer and wine there as well to, uh, to get us through the nights and an opportunity to, to network at the end as well. So uh, head to equitymates.com forward slash Finimize. That's F-I-N-I. 
M-I-Z-E and secure your ticket now. It's at the General Assembly Building in Melbourne and also General Assembly Building in Sydney the following week, Tuesday the 29th of October. So Ren and I are very keen to do it and hopefully we can record it as well for those that are unable to make it, but very much get on down there and we'd love to meet you guys. So looking forward to it, Ren. Yeah, can't wait, can't wait. And yeah, while tickets are free, it would be great if you can go and register, if for no other reason than General Assembly can then cater the right amount of free drinks. <laughs> yes, critical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nice, Ren. <laughs> so today's episode, we're, we're going to be doing a, a Basics 101 and doing a bit of a deep dive into market capitalization. Now, it's something that we have spoken about on the show before, but probably not in its own right. And it's something that, you know, most investors will have heard about at some point in their journey because it's, it's a number that is thrown around very regularly when it comes to discussing and comparing companies. So that's the plan for this episode. Ren, we'll have a look at what is market capitalization, why it's important and, and often quoted. What are the, the differences or I guess the chunks that you can break down companies and then also what it means as, as an investor and how you can use it. And then we'll close out with uh, some exciting news around some new merchandise that's come in, Ren, and also um, read some reviews that have come in from our listeners. So uh, ready to get stuck in? Yeah, can't wait. Cool. Well, market capitalization, Ren, very common terminology in the investing scene. Yes. So what is it? <laughs> so <laughs> from my end, Ren, I'll throw a few things out and yeah, then yeah, I'll you get your on. view on market capitalization. So. Market capitalization in its simplest form is really referring to the total dollar value that the market puts on a company. And the way that you work that out is the value of its outstanding shares times its current stock price. So that's market capitalization. Very simple to work out. So as an example, uh, let's say a company has 10 million shares selling for $100 each, then that will give it a market capitalization of a billion dollars. Now, if you want to try and work this out yourself, you can. Outstanding shares are very easy to find, usually in any of your major financial information providers. And then obviously the stock price, very easy to find as well and multiply them together. And it gives you your market capitalization. Anything from your end, Ren? We should just clarify outstanding shares. I actually don't know why it's not called total number of shares, but really, all you're doing is you're looking at all the shares that the company has, and then you're multiplying it by the share price to get the market cap. Do you know why it's called outstanding shares? I think there are some classifications of shares that probably don't come under outstanding shares. That's probably that's my understanding. I, I know outstanding shares is just stock that's currently held by shareholders. So yeah. I'm in an effort to answer my own question. So I think outstanding shares are shares that have been issued. Uh, they're all the shares that count towards companies' market capitalization, and that includes, you know, with some companies you different you have different classes of shares. So that includes all those shares. It also might include any restricted shares held by company offices and stuff like that. But it looks like there's a thing called treasury stock, which is, I guess, shares held by the company itself. They 
don't count as outstanding shares. So I guess you can't call it total shares because there's that weird category of treasury stock, which I'm not familiar with. But I guess for our intents and purposes, it's basically all shares that are able to be bought and sold. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, I think treasury stock, stock that the company has bought back but then hasn't actually, I think they use the terminology retired, oh, okay. so they actually, they actually sit in treasury. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so that would be when a company does a share buyback and essentially buys the shares and then retires them or destroys them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Interesting. All right, we successfully managed to uh, go <laughs> down that rabbit hole and move away from market capitalization. But I think it's, it's probably important. Uh, it's something that I've, I've wondered. So, you know, it helps me answer well, my question. Yeah. Problem solved. So back to market cap. So market yes. capitalization, <laughs> market capitalization, its sort of primary use in generalist form, I guess, is just to determine a company's size. And that's when, you know, when we talk about ETFs and, and those sorts of products and we talk about, you know, their market cap weighted, that means that they're using the market capitalization to determine which stocks should be in these ETFs or not. So we'll come to that a bit later. Yeah, let's come back to that. A little bit because I've got a note around market cap weighted v equal weighted. So yep. put a pin in that. Okay. I'm going to be a little bit nitpicky. So you said it is used to determine a company's size. And I think maybe for people, it definitely helps me understanding market capitalization and I guess contrasting it against some other metrics Rather than thinking about it as determining a company's size, market cap is the figure used to represent a company's value. It's how valuable the market says it is because there's a lot of metrics that talk about how big a company is, you know, its revenue, total number of employees, its how many countries it's operating in. They're, they're all things that talk about like the, I guess, the size of the business. Assets is a good one. It talks to like the physical size of a business, but not all businesses are created equal. And so different companies may have very similar revenue numbers, like very similar number of sales, very similar number of employees. They might have a similar physical size, but the market may value them completely differently just because of you know, whatever industry they're in, how profitable they are, what the growth prospects are. And so you might see businesses that are similar size, 
but have are being given very different values by the market. And you can then see that difference in something like a price to sales ratio or a price to book ratio, because companies that are valued higher than the market will be higher in those ratios than companies that may be the same physical size, but aren't valued as high by the market. No, that's a good point. And I think you've answered the next question as to why is market capitalization important and, and often quoted. Sorry, did I, uh, I jump the gun? No, you didn't jump the gun, Ren. <laughs> <laughs> Before you move on from that, is there any other reasons why it's important or often quoted? Not from my point of view. I think there's something that we'll touch on in a minute and that comes down to using market cap as a sort of quick indicator of the level of risk that investors use market cap to think about risk when it comes to pooling companies. But we'll, we'll touch on that in a second. Is there anything from your point of view, Ren? The only thing is we use share price a lot and we use a lot of metrics based on share price. So, you know, price to earnings, price to book, price to sales, all that stuff, you know, earnings per share, all that stuff. We use the share price and then we use a lot of metrics that we divide by the number of shares to get those metrics. The other option, and I've met a few people who say, I don't care what the share price is. Why does that matter? I'm buying the whole company. I just look at the market cap number. And so there are some investors out there who just look at, you know, rather than making all of their metrics based on the share price and divided by the number of shares, they just look at the total company and they say, the market cap is its value. And I'll compare that to its total sales or its total profitability. So I guess it's important because market cap is actually the value of the thing that you're buying at any given time. In some ways, it's probably the most important number of all the numbers because it's the actual price that you're paying. And to your point in value, Ren, market cap doesn't always just refer to an individual company. Sometimes in the news, you might see on the front page of Sydney Morning Herald or or whatever paper you're reading, you know, $40 billion wiped off the market in the first 30 minutes of trade. Now, there they are referring to the market capitalization, but what they're referring to is the total market capitalization of the ASX 200 or the total Australian Securities Exchange. And it's calculated the exact same way, just total number of all outstanding shares from all companies times the the price of each company. I guess what they're doing is just adding all the market capitalization of each company together to give you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to give you the total value of the Australian Stock Exchange at that given point in time. So that's what they mean when they say 40 billion wiped off the market. It means that the total value of the Australian Stock Exchange has actually dropped by $40 billion or whatever it is at, at that point in time. So that's your brief definition of market capitalization, but it's obviously pulled into groups based on the value of the company. So you'll often hear terminology such as small cap, mid cap, large cap. And as the markets have grown over time, there's a few new additions such as mega cap, and we even go down to nano cap Ren. So let's just briefly go through the, the breakup because investors sometimes classify themselves 
as small cap investors. For example, we interviewed Henry Jennings. He was a small to mid cap investor, meaning that he only plays in this sort of value or size of companies. So the smallest one, Ren, is Nano. Do you know what range that falls within? I do. Less than 50 million. Yeah. So these are your, often called your penny stocks. Penny stocks is probably an American term. I know we sort of call them speckies. Yep. Speculative. Because they're very speculative. I think, I don't know if there's a term in Australia, but yeah, they're high risk, high reward plays. I yeah, think big time. The- so y- y- your nano stock, your nano cap is less than $50 million. Then the next one up is a micro cap and it's 50 million to 300 million in value. Then you've got your small cap, which is 300 million up to 2 billion. So quite a large range there. Mid cap is 2 to 10 billion. Then we start playing with the big ones. So the large cap is 10 billion to 200 billion. And now we're seeing mega caps, which is 200 billion plus. My question is, Ren, do you think we'll ever see something bigger than a mega cap now that we're seeing the likes of Amazon and and Microsoft starting to hit the one trillion? Yeah, 100%. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, there's a big jump between a company that's worth two hundred billion and a company that's worth one trillion. Yeah, I think you would have to start seeing companies that are probably that the natural number is a trillion so if you said mega caps were 200 billion to a trillion and then let's think let's come up with a term maybe i don't know ultra caps or um ultra mega large yeah unicorn (laughs) unicorn. times two caps (laughs) unicorn squared (laughs) i don't know there will be something but yeah look i think it makes sense that this will just keep creeping up i mean probably 50 years ago I couldn't tell you what the largest company on the stock exchange was, but I would hazard a guess it would have been in the large cap range, not even in the mega cap range. And I'd hazard a guess it would be at the lower end of the large cap range. It would probably be double digit billions rather than hundreds of billions. And so, you know, we'll, we'll keep seeing this scale adjust. My question for you, so are these categories, are they the same throughout the world or... Because Australia is a smaller market, do we have different sort of categorizations to say an America or an England? These are not hard and fast by any stretch of the imagination. There's no sort of official range for small, medium, large cap. I couldn't tell you what the the definitions are over in London or the States. Do you know the answer to that? I feel like you do. <laughs> I had a look before because it was a question I had while I was preparing for this episode. As far as I can tell, yeah, you, you're right. It's not like it's not set in stone by like the ASX or anything like that. These numbers, but yeah, they're pretty universal. You can assume that they're they're the same everywhere. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, as we learned in Japan when we went to the Tokyo Stock Exchange, they it seemed had much more hard and fast rules around market cap because they had like the different markets they had oh, i forgot the terminology they used what would what did they use for their speckies it was a uh it was a strange term mother no something mother yeah is that right yeah something along those lines nursery in my head for some reason mothers yeah mothers <laughs> which we were we were pretty confused by at the time but it's you know because they they're the sort of high growth and emerging stocks. And it's interesting that they have a specific market for it as well. Yeah, yeah. We don't have as such here in Australia. Well, I want to have a look at the ASX 200, Ren, because you said, you know, there's a big difference between, you know, a $300 million company, a $2 billion company, and then obviously a $200 billion company. 
So the ASX 200 is the 200 largest companies in Australia by market cap. And can you guess, firstly, which is the largest company in Australia and a rough guess of what their market cap is? It would be Commonwealth Bank. Yes. They are generally always up there. In terms of what their market cap is, I would just be guessing. I would say it would be, uh, if it's not $100 billion, it would have to be pretty bloody close. I'll say $110 billion. Yeah, not far off. So it's $140 billion. So it's sitting at the top end of the large cap, approaching a, a mega cap, although $60 billion still to go to hit that mark, which... Yeah, <laughs> which seems like a massive number, but yeah. I guess it's much easier to go from $140 billion to $200 billion than it is to go from zero to one. Yeah. So then my question, Ren, the ASX 200, so we've got about... Oh, you know, over a thousand, I think over 1500 companies on, on the stock exchange altogether. We've got the largest cap at 140 billion at the top end of the large cap. Where do you think the smallest cap falls in the ASX 200? Is it a large cap still? Is it a medium cap or is it a small cap company? Do you think? So large cap was 10 to 200. 10 to 200. Billion. No, I, I, I doubt it does in Australia. I would say you're probably talking more around the one billion number if you're talking about the two hundredth biggest company. It probably it probably drops away pretty quickly. I'd imagine. Yeah, so it does drop away pretty quickly and quite quickly. So our two hundredth largest company at the time of doing this podcast was Speedcast, SDA is its ASX ticker, and it's $241 million. So it actually falls in the micro-cap range. Wow. The micro-cap micro is 50 That's to $300 huge. million. Yeah, so the, the variance in our ASX 200 is from $241 million up to $140 billion. So quite a huge spread, and I guess that just goes to show... That, yeah, that is yeah, massive. Just goes to show the the level of difference here in Australia in a market that's, you know, relatively small to those over in the States. And so you, you can understand why if Commonwealth and, and the banks and BHP, you know, these companies that dominate the top end of our market cap, ASX 200, when they have bad days, it really just changes the, the landscape of the market for that day because really their weighting is is quite significant when you, you when you put that into comparison with our 200th, just is only 241 million. So yeah, quite a spread. Yeah, that's crazy. 241 million. Yeah. If you think about that, that's 200th. And then you've got thousands of companies after that still, or over a thousand companies after that. Yeah. 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 Wow. So, I mean, I guess, yeah, you, that's why... You invest in the ASX 200 because you just get such a large chunk of yeah, the total well, market. There's an index called the S&P ASX 50, and it is the top 50 companies in Australia based on market capitalization. So obviously has all your banks, you know, Woolies, your miners, your big miners. Now it makes up 62% of total share market capitalization in Australia. So the top 50 companies... Wow. Just absolutely dominate in yeah, terms of okay. their value. So there's a lot of small companies out there. I would say that distribution is probably pretty consistent around the world. You know, the the top 50 companies in a lot of countries just dominate and then there's a very long tail. Because I'm just thinking about it now, like, you know, you in America you've got your 
trillion dollar Microsoft, Amazon, Google, Apple, and it probably follows a similar distribution. The numbers are probably larger, but the more I think about it, the more I think that the top end of any market would just be a massive yeah, chunk of it. it's not surprising. Right, so Ren, anything more from you on buckets, nano up to mega? No, I think that's it. Let's get into um, how you should think about market cap in terms of your own investing. Yeah, nice. All right. Well, do you want to kick that off then? So I think for me that the main way that market cap really affects my investing is in regards to the ETFs that I'm buying and what I'm actually buying when I buy those ETFs. So we put a pin in a concept earlier and I might pull that pin out and reintroduce it now. Okay. Most ETFs and most indexes are market cap weighted and it means that the bigger companies take up a bigger share of the index. So really simple example, you said before that Commonwealth Bank is worth $140 billion, that's its market cap. And for ease of maths, let's say the ASX 200 is worth a trillion dollars. So the total ASX 200 market cap, all those companies added together is a trillion. Well, if Commonwealth Bank alone is $140 billion, that means it's 14% of the ASX 200. And if you're buying a market cap weighted index, it means that 14% of that index will then be Commonwealth Bank. And so your smaller companies, they're a smaller percentage of that index. So that, that's market cap weighted. That's the standard. And what that means is that the bigger companies move the index more because they're obviously more of the index. So Commonwealth Bank at 14% of the index, as it goes up and down, it will have more of an effect on the overall performance of the, the index than the 200th company whose name I forgot, you just said it, it was Speedcast. like Speedcast yeah. or something. Yeah. Speedcast, yeah. Because they're a tiny percentage of the, the trillion dollar overall index, their day-to-day movements are going to have less of an effect on the overall index. And so when you're buying your standard index fund, your standard ETF, what you'll find is that you're more exposed to the bigger end of town. Now, there is an alternative, and they're called equal weighted indexes. And so rather than Commonwealth Bank being 14% of the index and therefore being 14% of the, the ETF, instead they say, all right, well, here are the 200 companies in the ASX 200, and we're going to buy an equal amount of all of them. So each company, regardless of its overall size, will be, if it's 200 companies in the index, each company will be worth 0.5%, so half a percent of the overall index. And in that instance, the performance of Commonwealth Bank and the performance of Speedcast will have exactly the same effect on the overall performance of the index. Does that all make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So my question is, well, two-part question. A, what is your preference now that you understand the impact that a weighted EDF has over a non-weighted? And also, do you get a choice when it comes to buying ETFs to choose between market cap weighted and not? Or is there more of a preference now from ETF providers to provide one more than the other? 
Both good questions. So you definitely get a choice. You just have to find the ETF. So in the in the details around the ETF, it will say if it's market cap weighted or equal weighted. So in Australia, we're talking about the ASX 200 a lot. You'll see that all most of your standard ASX 200 funds, your you know your Vanguard fund, your BetaShares fund, they're all market cap weighted. As far as I can tell, there's one in Australia that is equal cap weighted, and that is Van Eck Equal Weight ETF. Its ticker code is MVW, and it is equal weighted. So the number one company the and the number 200 company are weighted the same. So they buy the same amount of each of them. So that's in answer to your second question. In answer to your first question, which do I prefer... In the interest of full transparency, I don't own any equal weighted ETFs. I've just never taken that plunge. But the more I think about it and the more I look into it, the more I think that it's something that I want to add to my portfolio. I, I can see the logic in um, in having an equal weighted fund. I guess it makes it more volatile. Like the, the price movement will likely be higher because you're equally exposed to every company's movement rather than being overly exposed to a few companies' movement and those few companies being steadier, larger, more reliable sort of companies. So there's probably more volatility in equal weight ETFs, but there's probably more upside as well. And that's just because if you think about the if you think about, you know, the ASX 200, there's likely more growth in some of the smaller companies that are earlier on in their growth cycle and don't have as big a market cap because they're still growing, but they're, you know, they're, they're really going for it rather than some of the bigger companies like Commonwealth Bank and stuff who are more consistent and steady growers. In, in my mind, there's more upside by equal weighting and get better, getting more exposure to the smaller companies in an index. I quite like the idea, so it's probably something that I'll look at adding to my portfolio in the coming months. Yeah, nice. The alternative to an equal weighted portfolio, if you're looking to get access to that upside that you're talking about from smaller and mid-cap companies, is to find ETFs that solely track the lower end of the market capitalization sort of spectrum. So there are a number of ETFs out there, particularly in America, that you can invest in that will only track the the small cap index or the mid cap index. And, and that way you're removing those large and mega cap companies that don't necessarily give you the capital growth that some of the smaller companies would. But I just want to use that point that you were just discussing, Ren, to also address risk versus reward with market capitalization because it, it's a it's an easy way of identifying where a company might be at in its life cycle as as you just mentioned Ren and also you can use it as a, a very sort of quick way of determining the level of risk that you might be taking with a company so for example if we take micro or nano nano to small caps you know these are companies that are are very young in in age and perhaps are serving niche markets or or new industries and because of that 
I guess they could be considered higher risk investments due to the fact that they're they're quite young. They don't have uh, as many resources as as some of the the larger mega cap companies do, and they might be a bit more sensitive to say economic slowdown and broader economic events. But that's the risk. However, the reward is that if you get in these companies early and they do pay off and start to get some great growth and and momentum behind them, then the capital growth that you can get and the increase in share price can be very rewarding. On the flip side, if you look at a large cap company, you know, your Woolworths and your CBA, it's very unlikely that if you invested now that you're going to see sort of a hundred percent return. That that would be very unusual because these companies are so far into their business life cycle. They're very mature. But what they do bring is that sort of consistent behavior when it comes to stock price movement, revenue, and then also, you know, they have dividend payments and that sort of thing. So the reward might not be as great as the the small cap, nano cap companies from a capital growth perspective, but the risk is certainly a lot less than investing in a company that's worth $50 million as opposed to $140 billion. So using the, the market capitalization as a way of quickly understanding what is the risk that you might be taking versus versus the reward and using that as a strategy to sort of build your portfolio is, is important. Anything to add, Ren? No, I think it's a good summary of where we are in terms of market cap, how to think about it and how to use it when you're making investment decisions. I think we've done a pretty good basics 101 on that. Is there anything else that you think we need to touch on? No, no. I think Covered it pretty well. Super simple metric to understand. All stocks, you can find the market capitalization very, very easily. It's always one of the first few metrics to be to be quoted across all your broker platforms and financial websites. So look out for it. And yeah, it's pretty important to understand, but but also very easy. So Ren, before before we close out, we were going to discuss merchandise and reviews. Yes, I had a nice segue for that, but uh, that's all right. Let's get let's get into it. Oh, sorry, I just killed it. <laughs> so, Ren, we've been working hard over the last couple of months to get some much longed merchandise up and running. We now have a, an exclusive set of Equity Mates T-shirts that we'll get up onto our social channels so that everyone can have a look at them. So they're available for our audience and uh, they look great, men's and women's, all sizes. However, we do have a limited edition first print run. So these are going to be for our keenest of listeners, but you have a bit of a, a way of wanting to distribute these, Ren. Yeah, well, as you said, we only have a limited amount. And so we were talking about how we give them out or how we distribute them. Now, we could just put them up on our website, you know, maybe sell them and just say first in best dressed. But, and look, we may, we may end up doing that, but we figured we want to give these the first ever official Equity Mates merch. We want to give it to our biggest Equity Mates. And so we're thinking about how do we give everyone an opportunity to access them. And so what we're going to do is we're going to leave it up to you guys. We'll give them out for free to people who show how big a fans of Equity Mates they are. You know, I guess it's up to you. If you find a way to share the love of Equity Mates or to show how big a fan of Equity Mates you are, we'll send you for free some of this uh, exclusive first run merch. Eventually, we'll set up an e-commerce site so if you don't want to get an equity mates tattoo on your back or 
you know, send an all-staff email to everyone at your work celebrating equity mates. That's okay. Just wait and you'll be able to pick one up the old-fashioned way. If you're itching to get one now, show us. Do something to show how much you love equity mates, to share the love of equity mates and to spread the word and um, we'll send you some exclusive merch as a thank you. So tag us in your social media, send us emails with pictures of proof of any way that you have managed to convince non-equity maters to become equity mates. We want to see the love shared around and we will send you some free shirts. But I mean, it's got to be big, Ren. We don't want to see someone who's just, uh, you know, tagged their friend on an Instagram post or something. We want to see sky riding. We want to see signs on bridges. We want to see, as I said, t- tattoos <laughs> on the back would be huge. I'd be willing to donate Tattoo all, would be huge. <laughs> all yeah. shirts. Here's, here's my commitment for listeners. If someone gets an equity mates tattoo... Not only will we give you a shirt from this initial print run, but I'll design something especially for listeners that get an Equity Mates tattoo. <laughs> an exclusive piece of merch that we won't ever give to anyone without a tattoo. Do it. <laughs> Do it, Ren. <laughs> Yeah, so look, we've got a bit of a wait list for people that are keen to get their hands on these shirts, but we are going to be giving them for free to those who show us the love. As Ren said, that's not going to last forever. The offer might be up forever. Yes. Um, but eventually we're going to also sell it. Yes. So very unique opportunity to get your hands on the first print run ever of Equity Mates investing podcast merchandise. You never know, these shirts could be worth a mozza in a few years' time. Right, Ren? That is the plan. <laughs> so to close out, Ren, we've got a couple of noteworthy reviews from listeners that have come in. We're still going through them and pulling out some of the ones worth reading. Now, Ren, a couple of colleagues even at work have mentioned this and a quote and a, a review's come in and you're going to have to refresh my memory because uh, we've done so many episodes that I don't necessarily remember this one, but you have been getting some laughs from the quote about Brazilian nightclubs. So this is coming from DMG45 and they said when Ren quoted, they invest in nightclubs and that's what Ren thinks of Brazil and how to invest there. He loves the show and would recommend to listen to anyone. But do you recall what we were talking uh, about I there? Recall, I recall the episode. It was our investing around the world episode and you talked about a Brazilian company that made paper, but uh, I don't remember the joke. I'll, I'll, we'll have well, to go back and it's causing a stir, it. so we might have to go back and listen to it and uh, yeah. <laughs> find what the quote is. But this uh, next review's come in from Knock Knack Paddywhack, and he goes, "Oh yeah, or she, I love this podcast. The dulcet tones of the presenters are reminiscent of a 1970s phone sex hotline, getting me all hard for investing and waiting for the inevitable happy ending where there comes a hot torrent of thick wads of juicy dividends. <laughs> <laughs> so Knock Knack oh, Paddywhack's got it, got it sorted. Uh, glad we can be of some assistance. <laughs> And I think we we should say that if anyone else wants to uh, wants their reviews read out, no matter how much innuendo, Bryce will read it out in his nineteen seventies uh, phone sex hotline <laughs> voice. <laughs> um, but yeah, just put a review up. We'll we'll read them all, and if it's a funny one, we'll we'll read it out. Absolutely. Well, Ren, we'll leave it there. Looking forward to seeing who can kick off the Equity Mates merch challenge and uh, also make sure you head to equitymates.com forward slash Finimize 
to grab your tickets for our live show starting this week in Melbourne and Sydney the next. So very much looking forward to that. Ren, we'll leave it there. Nice one. Equity mates and the people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. Please speak to a financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your individual situation. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.